Disaster, a podcast about disasters and the music they make us listen to. I'm Peter, and I'm here with my co-host, Lee. Hey, and you're joining us for a Tragedy Tuesday. <laughs> Our mini-episodes about disaster that usually aren't so many, and sometimes the episodes aren't so many either. <laughs> but, you know. Before we get started, I'm just going to do a quick bit of housekeeping like I always do. If you want to help us out, best thing you can do is to tell somebody to listen to this podcast. Anybody. Go outside. Yell it out your window. Open your window right now. Yell, this is a disaster! <laughs> and then wait for the th- authorities for to the, show up yeah. and start talking you down. This man is unstable. Yeah, don't. So so maybe maybe not that approach, but tell yeah. somebody right now. Open up your phone. Be like, hey, listen to this is a disaster, everyone. Spread the word. Group chats. Word. Uh, if you want to keep up with what we're doing on social media, at This Disaster Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, you can check out our website, www.thisdisasterpod.com, and our brand new Patreon.com slash This Disaster Pod. That reminds me, uh. I'm going to give a shout out to our very first patron, Craig hey. from Canadian History X. Oh, yeah, super nice friend of, you, Craig. of the show, yeah. Craig. Thanks, Craig. Not only does he give us great content, which you heard in the last episode, now he's a patron, and it makes our hearts sing oh, to have man. to know that he's Canadian and contributing to content and making his own content and helping us make ours. That is awesome. Yeah. So it, check out his podcast, yeah. Canadian History X. Yeah. Aches. E-H-X. E-H-X. It's awesome. Also, if you would like us to give you a shout out, check out patreon.com <laughs> slash this is Astropod. We'll give you a shout out. And a print. Wow. And, a print. And bonus content if we hit our goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So check yeah. that out. We got some more listener feedback. Yeah. This time, it's going back to a time before Nuclear Norm was on the show, and uh, he decided to send us some feedback. Uh, so back when we hit our milestone of 10,000 downloads, yeah. which we're going to update that milestone because we're doing, we're, we're pretty far beyond that now. We got some more. Anyway, he sent us a message on Facebook, quote, Nuclear Norm, uh, everyone's favorite. Mm-hmm. Don't let this taint your impression of him. Mm-hmm. Wow, 10,000 dislikes? What a milestone! <laughs> Goes out of his way to post that. There's nothing really to say about that. I guess we can just sit and feel bad in silence before we get to the disaster. Okay, let's just let that sink in. Why, Norm? Why? Why? I thought, I thought we were friends. Yeah. You're a new friend for me, Norm, but I thought we were close. <laughs> okay, on to the disaster. Yeah. Today's disaster comes to us courtesy of one Lee. In Hello. fact, it's this Lee right across from me. The same. Me, Lee. I'm just going to let you take it away before I get worse. My name rhymes with everything. It does. It's funny you, you, you bring up our friend Craig. Yeah? Because I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to give him a little shout out too. Ooh. Because my Tragedy Tuesday yep. today yeah. is Canadian. Ooh. But it's not just Canadian, <gasps> Peter. Okay. It's not just Canadian. No? It's local. Whoa! Like uh, Ontario? Getting closer. The greater, I don't know where we are. <laughs> the GT. Eastern Ontario? <laughs> <laughs> the Ottawa Valley. No, it's Ottawa. Awesome! It's an Ottawa disaster. For those of you that don't know, mini sidebar, we're in Ottawa. Close up. We're uh, born and raised in Ottawa. Yeah. Nation's capital. Nation's capital. Home of mm. the Senators. You might oh. know them from never winning the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Have they won the Stanley Cup? I don't think so. Damn it. Maybe back I in think the they've come 20s. close. Let you might know them from <laughs> disappointing us. <laughs> yeah. I don't watch hockey. I am not. I'll fuck We're not, not sportsmen. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not authorized to talk about that. Me either. Our football team won the Grey Cup years hey, ago. The Red so Blacks. We got that. The Red Blacks. Mm-hmm. So there you go. But we're not here to talk about sports. Yep. We're here to talk about the Heron Road Bridge Collapse. Ooh. So here we go. Okay. Diving in. Early afternoon on August 10th, mm-hmm. 1966. Construction is well underway on the Heron Road Bridge. Okay. When completed in two months' time, mm-hmm. the bridge would connect motorists on Baseline Road. Mm-hmm 
which at the time ended at Prince of Wales Drive. Mm -hmm. This is for our local listeners. We'll know what I'm talking about. Uh Mm -hmm. So I'm speaking to them. Nuclear Norm once called it Baseline. Like Vaseline? Oh, Vaseline. And now I can't. That's what my dad used I to call can't it. stop Vaseline. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's a super inside joke. It's funny. I would have got it. I'm right there with you. Nice. Connected the uh, baseline, which entered Prince of Wales, yeah. um, with those on Heron Road, mm-hmm. and allowed the public to cross over the Rideau River and Canal just north of Hogsback Falls. Sweet. And that's where my wife works. Ah. Biggest fan of the show. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for listening. It was a cloudy but gorgeous summer day, mm-hmm. 26 degrees Celsius. Yep. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, <laughs> but it's nice. I go the extra mile. <laughs> I don't bother. Fair enough. <laughs> Just a little bit breezy. Mm-hmm. So it's a lovely summer day. I think it's like a mid-70s. Yeah, mid-70s. Yeah. Not quite 80s. Yeah. Like it's very comfortable. Yeah. Workers were nearing the end of a long shift, pouring some 2,000 tons of concrete on the eastern portion of the 70-meter south span. Jeez. For George Davis and Mike Graham, mm-hmm. the workday was pretty much over mm-hmm. as Rodman, Rodmen, Rodmen, or surveyors. Okay. Is that better? I think surveyors. Rodmen? Like Rodmen. Yeah. <laughs> Are they made of rod? Do they like rod? They're Rodmen. Okay. They deal in rods. That's a classic Rodman. <laughs> you know. Wait. Is that where Dennis Rodman got his name? Is oh. he from a long line of Rodmen? <laughs> Probably. He seems like a real blue-collar dude. I'm derailing us. <clears throat> they had very little to do once the concrete is being poured. Okay. At the east end of the span, the project's chief manager, Leonard Baird, mm-hmm. no relation to Craig, oh, hey. or maybe there is, <gasps> okay. was holding court with a few other foremen. Holding court. Holding court. I mean, I know what that means, but I always <laughs> picture that much more grand than it's supposed to be. There were no kings involved. No, but (laughs) whenever I hear holding court, I picture this foreman with those like poofy shoulders and royal purple wearing one of those hats. Yeah, powdered wig. (laughs) Probably just drink eating a sandwich. He's probably (laughs) chewing the fat. Davis decided to join the conversation thinking he could pick up some tips Mm -hmm. of the trade, Mm -hmm. one which he was studying at college at the time. How to handle his rod. How to be a rodman. Real rodman. Yep. 183 workers were on site that day Mm -hmm. working to complete the $2.5 million project of not one, but actually two bridges, one eastbound and one right. westbound, okay. each three lanes wide and nearly 300 meters long. Okay. 2.5 million in the 60s. Right. Okay. A pretty penny. Yeah. In other words. Yep. As Davis crossed to the east end of the span, another worker, crane operator John Robiard, mm-hmm. was climbing the steep wooden ladder that was routinely scaled to reach the bridge deck from the gully below. Okay. As he climbed, he heard what sounded like the cracking of wood. Uh-oh. But dismissed it as, quote, construction noises. <laughs> don't don't dismiss noises. <laughs> you know, it is, I mean, technically he's right. I don't I'm know. I'm sure there were abundance of noises. I hey, a, what was that? <laughs> Gee, I don't know. What was anything <laughs> stupid? <laughs> Back I, to work. I feel like given the title of this podcast, I know where this is going. Maybe yeah. don't ignore noises. Maybe don't. Yeah. Although hindsight is. To be fair, I think I, I might do the same. If I hear cracking noises. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Cracking wood. I, yeah. I'm, but man, maybe you just don't want to be the guy like, what was that, you guys? Yeah. I'm scared. Yeah. It's a real alpha male kind of environment, mm. especially back then. Mm-hmm. All dudes. A real rod fest, <laughs> I like to call it. <laughs> yeah, a real rodman fest. Mm-hmm. Davis's friend, 18-year-old Mike Lesouye, mm-hmm. was just two days into the job mm-hmm. after leaving his previous employment at the Shell station, it's a gas station, yep. mm-hmm. at uh, Prince of Wales and Hogsback. Mm-hmm. There's still a Shell station. I there. think I've been to that Shell station. Oh, yeah. yeah. He'd gotten a tip that the firm responsible for building the bridge were looking for people, mm-hmm. and he could earn two or three times as much as what he was earning at the time, okay. which was... A dollar an hour. 
minimum wage. Is that higher or lower than what it is now? <laughs> <laughs> it could be just right about even. Yeah. But it's not uh, a lot of money. Dollar an hour. I'm sure it's relative. Mm-hmm. For most of his first two days on site, Lesuye had worked on the North Span, attaching reinforcing rods with wire ties. Okay. But at about three o'clock that day, Lusuye was told to go up to the south span, grab a shovel, and help with the poor. In an effort to get it finished that day, a second crane had been added and more laborers were needed. Okay. Lusuye resisted at first as he was on break mm-hmm. and hadn't finished the pint of milk he'd been enjoying. A lot of milk, but I guess <laughs> go for gold. <laughs> go go for big it. or go home. You're a grown boy. Yeah. Uh, foreman told him, tough luck. Basically, mm-hmm. and Lusuye hopped to it. Who's gonna more? drink all this milk? <laughs> <laughs> Climbing the same steep wooden ladder from before, up to the top of the south end, where he was paired with a Portuguese worker who spoke no English. Mm-hmm. The two communicated using hand gestures, mm-hmm. as very little needed to be said. Raw, sure, yeah. yeah. Once you got it, you Sho- got it. Shoveled this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they stood just a few feet apart, spreading out and smoothing the wet cement dumped by the crane bucket in front of them. Okay. Others on the bridge deck included Roger Menard, mm-hmm. celebrating his 18th birthday, mm-hmm. Omer LaMadeleine, mm-hmm. a 59-year-old carpenter and father of 12. Different time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and Thomas Daly, who was back on the bridge after having been fired that morning okay. by a foreman who did didn't like the length of his hair. Oh, okay. Only to be rehired by another, we'll assume, cooler <laughs> official. Different, different time. <laughs> yeah. Also, it makes me very nervous when you enumerate the people that were there. Why? No reason. They're just details. Okay, good. Probably not important. Carry mm-hmm. on. Don't worry about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. After having spent about 10 minutes with Leonard Baird, George Davis returned to the west end of the bridge to see if his partner, Mike Graham, felt like going to the Prescott for a pizza and beer after work. Isn't the Prescott still a place? Oh, yeah. Nice. You can go to for pizza and beer after work tomorrow if you want. Anyone who's in Ottawa can do like a disaster walk of this disaster. Oh, absolutely. Maybe we'll put together like a A little roadmap. Go to this gas station. Check out this bridge. If it's there or not, I don't know. It is. Go to the Prescott. No sooner had he reached the opposite side, the bridge started to shake violently. Oh, boy. 3.27 p.m., the Heron Road Bridge collapsed. One worker compared the noise to a jet plane passing low overhead. Some said it was like a bomb exploding. Others said it sounded like a thunderclap. Wow. Really? Really. It occurred with such force that it registered on the Dominion Observatory's seismometer on Carling Avenue. Holy crap. Four or five kilometers away. Yeah. That's uh, the experimental farm. Oh, yeah. Cool. I checked. (laughs) Oh, nice. I did check. Okay, good. (laughs) Uh, That part. Yeah. Officials there were quick to point out that it wasn't an earthquake that caused the bridge to collapse. Right. Rather, the other way around. Yeah, jeez. It was the bridge collapsing which caused what they thought was... Yeah, an earthquake. A danged earthquake. Holy crap. Don't ignore the cracking wood, I guess. (laughs) Jeez. Turns out you don't ignore the cracking wood. Okay. So, George Davis, Mike Graham, and those around them fell more than 15 meters... Or 50 feet. Hey, there you go. There I go. <laughs> I started <laughs> started being kind to our non-Canadian, our metric listeners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Onto piles of wood, injured but alive. Leonard Baird and the other foreman Davis had been talking with mm-hmm. just moments ago were all killed. Jeez. When the concrete slab they were standing on flipped over as the wooden false work supporting it gave way. Oh my God. Yeah. Flipped over. Flipped over. They fell 20 meters or 65 feet yeah. and were buried in the wet cement concrete lumber and steel that came crashing down on them 
Okay. Not a good way to go. No, I feel bad about joking about being a court. <laughs> yeah. How could you have known? I probably could have guessed. Well, you know what podcast you're on. Yeah. Worker Benoit Caron mm-hmm. was looking at the roughly 70 workers on the bridge when it gave way. Mm-hmm. Quote, they all threw their hands up. I don't know what they were grabbing for. Then they disappeared. The top seemed to shift a little bit. Then poof, it dropped straight down. The men on top just rode it to the ground. Ugh. Yeah. How I mean, high up was it? You said 20 meters? Uh, 20 meters Jeez. at its sort of highest, I guess. That is 60, not a 65 joke. feet. No, yeah. that's that's far. Uh-huh. What they're reaching. I mean, I guess your instinct would be to reach, like yeah. to sort of grab or yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like even if I'm thinking about drowning, your instinct is to climb, yeah. but you can't climb water. You can't climb water. It's just a reflex. It's just your dumb brain. Workman Herve Graton mm-hmm. noted the speed of which the collapse took place, observing that, quote, they didn't have much time to scream. Right. Davis later described it as like standing on a bucket and having it kicked out from under you. Mm. Crane operator Paul Tass, who had been pouring concrete since 7 a.m. that morning, right. saw it all happen from only about three meters away. His recollection is as follows, and I quote, I heard a crack and I turned around. The piers or the concrete columns mm. seemed to swing west for about a second, then everything stopped and collapsed. I saw blood all over, oh. flying out from everywhere. Everyone was running to the hill to the men. I ran up to the construction shack to call the ambulance. Then I ran back down to help. Mm-hmm. I helped about 10 to 15 men to safety. Some could walk, some were in shock and had to be carried. Most were carried out on sheets of plywood. The men were crying and screaming and shouting. I watched them dig three dead men from under the east column. Ugh. Graham's body twisted around as he fell, mm-hmm. giving him a view of the bridge that was coming down with him. Right. He later said, all that scaffolding and concrete, it was like a movie in slow motion. Right. All I remember is a sinking feeling, and then I was looking up at the reinforcing rods and scaffolding still hanging up there. I was choking with dust, and there was moaning and screaming all over the place. That slow motion thing rings true. I think it's this weird trick that this that your mind plays on you. Maybe Gary will talk about that in some of our psychology shows sure. that are coming up. If you go back and check out our uh, Tragedy Tuesday following the second part of the Chernobyl, I think yeah. it's episode 21 and a half, we brought in a special guest, Gary, who's a psychologist, to tell us about the psychological fallout of that. And yeah. she's going to do an ongoing series about the psychology of disasters. And one of the things I'd want to ask her about is... I feel like that slow motion sensation that you get is a memory that you remember. Like it's not actually slow motion in the moment. No. Things happen so fast. Yeah, yeah. But then every time you think about it, it happens in slow motion because you pick up more details. Right. It's like when you, you can't slip- process it as quickly as it's happening. Yeah. So you got to slow it down for yourself, really. Yeah. It's like when you slip on the ice or something. Yeah. When it happens, you're on your ass before you know it. Yeah. But then yeah. every time you think about it, you get more details and it happens slower in your mind. I yeah. think. Could be. It's just it's interesting. Like, oh, then I turned around and then I looked up and then. And I saw the rods and the scaffolding and like, yeah. you got to like beat by beat, but really it would have been like a second, two seconds. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> so yeah. Cool, but terrifying. Yeah. God awful and very interesting. Yeah. Others were not so lucky. Many were crushed by huge blocks buried alive in wet cement or skewered on steel reinforcing rods. Oof. Feel bad about joking about the rods now. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can't not. Should have seen this guy. <laughs> 
Mike Lesouye knows it was only luck that saw him survive his own 20-meter fall. Mm -hmm. A pair of reinforcing rods cut his right leg and head, while others ripped his clothes to shreds. His left foot got tangled in more rods, so much so that when he hit the ground, his foot remained stuck in the rods or rebars Mm -hmm. above his head. So he's basically caught (laughs) right before he... Cracked his oh. melon on the ground. Lucky, I guess. <laughs> Amazing. Jeez. We'll talk about him okay. a little bit more later. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> he was eventually able to use his suspended leg and foot to help pull himself out. Right. He later recalled, quote, the cement was just pounding on me. Hmm. Have you ever played football when the people pile on you? It felt just like that, but it was the cement dripping down. I fell 60 feet, but you didn't notice it. There was cement in my hair and my face and my nose and my eyes, and I couldn't see. All I could hear was this, I'm going to assume it's wow, wow, wow. Yeah. It was the reinforcing rods whipping back and forth. And oh, every once in a while, you would hear whack. Yeah. And you knew what that was. It was someone hitting it. It was like hitting a watermelon. Oh. It was a sickening sound. Oh, my God. Picnickers at adjacent Vincent Massey Park Mm -hmm. were the first to arrive, Mm -hmm. some offering what help they could, followed shortly by emergency responders. Lusuye described being in a state of panic, experiencing the flight portion of the fight or flight instinct. Yep. He attempted to flee from the destruction, only to find that while his arms are free, his legs were weighed down by wet cement. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) After Uh, all that, he eats shit when he tries to run. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Billy O'Connell, a friend of Lesouye's, was able to help his comrade out of the hardening cement. The two then discovered George Davis near a pile of lumber, blood flowing from a gash in the back of his head, Hmm. which they bandaged up with a t-shirt. Rescuers pulled bodies from the wreckage, tending to the wounded and laying them on sheets of plywood where they waited for ambulances, police cars, canteens, trucks, whatever, Mm -hmm. to take them to the hospital. Ottawa Mayor Don Reed arrived, wielding bolt cutters, and a clown who minutes earlier had been performing at a children's birthday party in the park pitched in as well. That must have been a surreal image. Yeah. Like, if you're just... This is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you're just, like, if you're one of the survivors and you're coming to... Yeah. I was just standing on a fucking bridge. Yeah. Why is this clown... Is this heaven? Why, why is there this clown with bolt cutters standing <laughs> yeah. there? There's a picture of him. Is too. this heaven? Yeah. <laughs> as if Mike Lesouye hadn't been through enough, a police cruiser that had pulled down the embankment to pick up an injured worker pinned him to a pile of four by four lumber when the officer put the car in drive instead of reverse. Oh, come on. (laughs) Luckily, he didn't suffer any serious injuries as a result. Okay. That would have been a Uh, lot of insult to injury. Yeah, really. That's how he breaks both legs. Staff at the civic hospital learned of the accident 20 minutes after it occurred around 3 50 mm-hmm. p.m. when a small car pulled up to the hospital emergency entrance ramp and a blood spattered man emerged crying the whole bridge is coming the whole bridge is down <laughs> one bit of good luck proved to be the timing of the event as far as the hospital is mm-hmm. concerned as it was during a shift change yeah as a result many workers were showing up oh. while many more just opted to stay on nice and, you know work a double basically <laughs> or triple good, good timing yeah so 
overstaffed, yeah. say the least. Yeah. All elective surgeries were canceled to give priority to the incoming bridge workers. Yeah. Patients in units that were close to the ER and ICU, such as neurology, were moved to other parts of the hospital to keep the workers together. Right. Some medical staff were sent directly to the construction site to provide aid. Mm-hmm. The knowledge that men were buried alive under hardening concrete lent a dreadful urgency to the early stages of rescue. Yeah, I could see that. Staff at the Civic, meanwhile, were facing a variety of difficulties, one such being that many of the workers were recent arrivals from European countries like Italy and Portugal, spoke little to no English and had no identification with them. Right. Mike Lesouillet, lying on a gurney in the hallway as he awaited treatment, saw the man with whom he'd been shoveling cement only an hour earlier, the Portuguese man. The man waved to Lesouillet. Most of the left half of his face was gone. Lesouillet, meanwhile, had not much more than minor injuries. That is extremely lucky. Yeah. (laughs) We'll talk more about him later. Okay. (laughs) Doctors at the Civic performed at least 20 major operations that day, including a failed open heart massage Mm. with half a dozen procedures going on at any given time. They ran out of stretchers and bandages, resorting to tearing up bed sheets for the latter. Right. Thomas Daly, who had been fired and rehired that morning. Right. The long hair. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Still had a rebar through his right arm and shoulder when he arrived. He spent an hour and a half trapped with five other men in the concrete and debris Mm -hmm. before rescue workers found them. He listened as the others prayed in different languages. It took nearly a year for him to recover from his injuries. He returned the following July to help complete the project. That's a trooper. I don't know if I would go. I don't know if I would drive over that bridge when it's done. <laughs> I know. Or walk over it. For some people, you jump back on that horse. Well, good for him. I guess tame that nag. Yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, you said it took him a whole year. Right. I would say it only took him a year I to know, get over right? that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. That's off to the long hair. <laughs> In one of the day's most dramatic scenes, George Vejas. 37, spent two hours neck deep in cement and steel as eight rescue workers frantically tried to free him. Directly above, a large concrete block dangled from the wreckage as welders with acetylene torches cut away the reinforcing rods surrounding. Oh my God. Vejas. Surrounding Vejas. Right. They're they're not trying to cut down (laughs) the dangling. (laughs) That would be a real thing. A bucket line formed with workers using hard hats to bring water up from the river to keep Vejas cool and Mm -hmm. to prevent the rods from burning him as they were heated. Right. Doctors joined the rescue effort, scooping out wet concrete with bare hands Mm -hmm. and amputation of one of Vejas's feet was considered as a measure to free him. Mm -hmm. Vejas's arms and face were massaged as he fell unconscious, Mm -hmm. and it was eventually discovered that efforts to rescue him were being hampered by the arms of a dead worker clamped around his legs. Oh my god. Dark. So dark. I mean, again, instinct. Like, help me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You grab onto whatever you can. Dude, you almost killed me. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, He was freed at 5.30 p.m. and flown by RCAF Mm -hmm. helicopter to the National Defense's Tri-Services Hospital. Oh, nice. Preferential treatment. Yeah, look at that. More than one-third of the 183 workers were treated in hospital. Many others simply ran or swam away from the site immediately following the collapse. Okay. I mean, sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call half a day on this Yeah, bye-bye. I'm yeah. going home. I'm going to run home. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't until the following day that everyone was accounted for. Now, 
This surprised me. Uh-huh. In total, nine lives were lost as a result of the collapse. How many people were working on the bridge? 183. Nine lives. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Civic. A lot less than I, yeah, that than is, I expected. The way you were describing it. I know, Sounded right? like <laughs> a lot more than nine people. I checked and I checked. Yeah. So, yeah, nine lives. Seven on site, mm-hmm. another at the Civic, mm-hmm. and then a ninth who hung on until that September before succumbing to uh, internal injuries. Yeah. More than 60 workers were injured. Yeah. Among the dead were... Bridge engineer Leonard Baird and Omar LaMadeleine, father mm. of 12, oh, unfortunately. Bummer. Those oh. are the guys who were standing yep. when the thing flipped. Right. Yeah, so Ugh. didn't really have a chance. So the cause. Yeah. The causes. What, what caused it? What caused this? It's Two deficiencies were revealed to have caused the accident. Mm-hmm. The wood used in the bracing or the false work. The crack. The crack. Don't ignore the crack. Mm-hmm. For the concrete pour was the wood was green and thus too weak to withstand the load. Now, what that means is uh, the wood, it hadn't had time to dry mm-hmm. or what they call season. Okay. So it contains a lot more moisture than seasoned wood. Okay. Therefore, it's going to stretch yeah, right. and yeah. just be yep. weak. Right. Additionally, the false work, the design of which had changed three times before being approved, lacked the necessary diagonal supports, which are important engineering it seems yeah. i feel like it's the kind of thing that nuclear norm could fill in the i'm sure you could weigh in heavily on that during a subsequent inquest responsibility was laid with contractor oj gaffney limited mm-hmm. for the false work as well as with design consultant mm dylan company okay testifying at the inquest project engineer john bromley who was in charge of the structural design work for mm dylan's ottawa projects mm-hmm. assumed sole responsibility for failing to notice the absence of diagonal bracing. I mean, he's not the only person that looked at those plans. But, you know, someone's got to take Buck it on the chin. Some, so, yeah, exactly. Somewhere, yeah. <laughs> Bromley was eventually suspended by the Association of Professional Engineers of Ontario mm-hmm. for one year, as was fellow engineer Robert McTavish. Right. A third engineer, Bernard Houston, yeah. received a reprimand. Okay. It's one of those. With the finger, the sure. finger wag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you. <laughs> okay, you can go. <laughs> Contractor OJ Gaffney Limited, meanwhile, was fined $5,000, the maximum then allowed under the Construction Safety Act. Mm-hmm. The inquest did, however, recommend numerous changes that were incorporated into the act, which right. we've said time and again, that's usually what it takes to oh, yeah, for sure. update these mandates and safety yeah. uh, measures is something terrible happening. On the, on the one hand, you want to think that People should have the foresight to put those rules in place ahead of time. Right. On the other hand, maybe you need to be shown what can happen. Yeah. You need to be shown something specific. Yeah. Oh, we need to focus on this aspect of it. Yeah. We don't. I suppose there's an argument to be made for like, you don't want to get into over-regulation because then you start locking things down before they're actually a thing. Yeah, exactly. The bridge was rebuilt the following year Mm -hmm. in 1987. A plaque was erected on Heron Road Mm -hmm. at the southwest corner of the bridge and in 2017, the bridge was renamed the Heron Road Workers Memorial Bridge. Oh. George Davis's career in construction ended that day mm-hmm. after returning home from hospital where mm-hmm. a dentist closed up his head wound with four stitches. Okay. <laughs> he never heard from his employer again. All right. Which seems strange. <laughs> a little bit. Possible yeah. exaggeration. Uh-huh. He spent the following 32 years working in building design and property management, okay. saying that uh, if you fall from a drafting table, it's a lot. You're not going to end up having your forehead stitched by a dentist. By a dentist. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I'm going to end 
the sidebar. Okay. I said I was, I'd talk about Mike Lasuya again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about him. Sweet. I was hoping, like, I just realized we went we went this whole way without a sidebar, which I feel like <laughs> is Uncharacteristic. Not, yeah, yeah. But yeah, let's talk about, like, Mike Lasuya, possibly Ottawa's luckiest man. Okay. Possibly Ottawa's unluckiest man. Okay. Maybe one of Ottawa's more irresponsible men. Okay. So we've established that on this terrible day he fell 60 feet and lived only to be pinned by a police cruiser and again walking away with minor injuries <laughs> yeah not his only brush with death okay his other numerous brushes with death are as follows okay i'll just give a little rundown here <laughs> oh god there's, there's there's more all right so at age 10 he nearly drowned after falling into the black rapids section of the rideau river before an older boy saw what happened and pulled him out mm-hmm. as a teenager he nearly fell out of a car going approximately 100 kilometers an hour or like 60 miles yep he was trying to polish the hubcap at the time while while driving while n- while well, a passenger a passenger in a moving car sort of yeah on the highway okay <laughs> sure we'll call that one not so much uh fate than <laughs> poor decision yep. age 16 he nearly died while having an impromptu demolition derby at the capital city speedway Okay. The accident somehow caused him to, well, I mean, I'm assuming they're driving these beater cars yeah, yeah, yeah. that are just ready to die, but yeah. somehow he wound up in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> he was driving? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's good. Uh-huh. And then the bridge incident uh-huh. took place. Mm-hmm. And then when he was 18, yep. age 20, a very bad car accident involving himself and two friends. I don't think he's the driver. Okay. I'm going to say almost to a certainty this was a result of inebriation. Okay. They were confirmed bar hopping. I see. That's this okay. night uh-huh. in Aylmer and, and thereabouts. Mm-hmm. The speed of the vehicle was such that when they, I think they swerved to avoid a car, yep. skidded off the road, became airborne. Oh my God. And split a telephone pole in half. They split the telephone about pole in half. Eight feet up. <laughs> Eight feet up. <laughs> okay. Somehow nobody died. Uh-huh. On the way to the hospital, the ambulance they were riding in got T-boned. <laughs> oh, come on. Another ambulance came to pick up the ambulance. You just know <laughs> at this point, death is like, oh, come on. <laughs> what do I have to do to kill this guy? I can't. It's like a bad penny. <laughs> that same year. There's more. Oh, you know, I'm still going. What would prove to be his final construction job. Mm-hmm. He's up on a scaffolding yeah. and gets knocked off by a coworker about two stories up. Okay. In this sort of classic move where the guy, it sounds like he was carrying a plank of oh, wood no. and kind of went, what? And turned oh, aside on. and like basically spanked him off the No, the thing. That's, that's like a Bugs Bunny thing. Exactly. That doesn't happen in real life. <laughs> Ugh. And then an anvil fall, no. <laughs> falling two stories and landing safely in sand. Okay. Uh, he nearly killed said coworker with his hammer as a result. Okay. And after that, he's like, no more construction. Jobs. Yeah, that, that <laughs> seems like a good idea. Yeah. However, Uh-oh. he almost fell off a ladder mm-hmm. while painting the second story of his house after it spun around on him a few times. <laughs> so did a little pirouette on it. Oh, no. And How am I supposed to not laugh at these? I, I won't, because he walked away from all this. Fair enough, okay. And finally, he was almost crushed to death by his own car while he was attempting to change the muffler and forgot to brace the wheels when it was up on a jack and it rolled. Okay. He managed to wriggle out of, from under the car. Uh-huh. In so doing, he knocked himself cold. 
So his wife comes out and sees the car. Yeah. Boom. Heard the noise and just see these legs sticking out. <laughs> oh, no. Thought, whatever. But near miss. Another near miss. So that's uh, Mike Lasuya. Possibly Charmed a real life. disaster. <laughs> yeah. He sounds like the kind of guy who should not leave his house mm. without wearing heavy. Yeah. It, I mean, he still lives to tell the tale. Wow. Yeah. Is he still in Ottawa? Yeah, I think so. Are we going to get beaten up by him? I hope not. Podcast? I mean, I salute the man. He's, yeah. uh, there, there he goes. He's great. He's talking about being, uh, like he still has sort of, um, I guess you call it PTSD from the, I get the it. hair and the hair and Absolutely. road bridge collapse. He talked about being at a Rod Stewart concert yeah. semi recently, yeah. the last five or 10 years, let's say. And right. just, there was some people were dancing and jumping. It was, you know, causing some friction or yep. whatever. And he, he had to get out of there. He's like, oh, this whole place is going to collapse. I got to go. I get it. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, the Heron Road Bridge collapse. I had no idea we had something Ottawa, on Ontario. that scale that happened in our hometown. Yeah, I, I'd heard about it. I didn't know the the fine details of mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I think I, I, think I even had a, a sort of distant relative working there. Right. Which chances are, I mean... Yeah, sure. A lot of a lot of us might have. Right. Yeah. Amazing. That's a tragic Tuesday. Indeed. What about music? What about music? So I um I actually took a, a cue from you mm-hmm. from your uh, your episode that you did on the uh, the Apollo One. Oh yeah. Just picking some music of the time. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. I don't know what it is about the '60s, but it just seemed like a good idea. I feel like there's to, a lot of good music coming out. Of well, 60s. hell yeah. yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. So I just had a look at what were the uh, what was on the charts in uh, August of 1966 mm-hmm. in uh, Canada mm-hmm. and came across Love and Spoonful Summer in the City. Nice. <laughs> Summer in the City. <laughs> nice. That one. <laughs> well, you're you're hearing it right now. Right now. So uh, I know now you go. To, I mean, any given work site, there's always a radio. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what they would have been then. Probably not very loud, but radios. I'm sure they had radios, but you know, <laughs> portable ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably not very loud. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. let's say you know, driving to work, listening in the car. Yeah, had to been on the radio. Oh, totally. So we're just good song, good choice, yeah, 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 yeah. and great disaster. It was a good one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over that bridge maybe tomorrow. Okay, I'm just gonna check it out. Pay yeah. respects. Oh yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in. Yeah. If you're wondering how to help us out, the best thing you can do is to tell a friend to listen. <laughs> I always say friend, just anyone. Tell Grab anyone. Have a stranger. You know. Next time you're at the grocery store. And somebody's like, that, that'll be that'll be 80 bucks. You'd be like, well, listen to This Is a Disaster and keep the change. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll make you pay anyway. Uh, they'll tackle you on the way out and then they'll make you pay for your groceries. It'll be a mess. Don't tell them we told you to do but that. But they won't forget. They this won't. This is a disaster. Yeah, that's right. What was he talking about? Yeah. I feel like we're kind of condoning a lot of negative behavior. Yeah. Maybe we should stop doing we that. We should stop. Just tell your friend. Yeah, just tell your friend that you've tied to a chair and made listen to this podcast. That's not better. <laughs> you can also follow us on oh, social media man. at This Disaster Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can check out our website, www.thisdisasterpod.com and our new Patreon.com slash thisdisasterpod. Patriotic! <laughs> nice. And I also said that in all, all in one breath. So not a disaster. Nice one. It would have been a disaster if I passed out. <laughs> I would have revived you. I watched a video today about a CPR machine. Oh. Brutal. Machine? It, yeah. It's like, a, it's like a thing that they put on the guy's chest and it automatically does the compressions. <laughs> it breaks but, your ribs. Well, I'm assuming like it does it to the prescribed amount. Right. And I didn't realize how violent the prescribed pressure is. Oh, you really got to give her? Like, like the whole, it's. <laughs> they had to make a machine because people were like, why? Yeah. <laughs> Kind Press of, harder! Right? Like, I kept hearing about how people, like, get their ribs cracked and stuff. All right. I am not doing it right. What? Jokingly. <laughs> and then I watched a video, and I was like, oh, I oh. am not doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? Cracked ribs or yeah, to live? Living. Living. Take a pick. So anyway, thanks for tuning in, and join us for our next major disaster. 
please do. Bye. Bye.